Forget John Jones, Alex Pereira is MMA's Heisenberg because he can't keep getting away with this. Poetan does it again. Another title, another division. What is happening? What does this all mean? And what has happened to the 205 pound division? Another Englishman's holding the title. We got so much to talk about. I'm Tommy from MMA On Point. A massive thanks to our channel Hall of Famers and Light Heavyweight is broken. Before we get into what exactly I mean by that, let's make sure everybody's on the same page and run this card down. In the main event, Alex Pereira defeated Yuri Prohaska in the second round via a somewhat controversial TKO finish to become the new light heavyweight champion. Tom Aspinall KO'd Sergei Pavlovich in the first minutes. Massive victory earning him heavyweight gold. Jessica Andrade put away Mackenzie Dern in the second round via TKO. Benoit Santini got a KO in the first 91 seconds. A massive head kick on Matt Frivola and Diego Lopez kicked off the main card by earning him a stop over Pat Sabatini. The prelims were excellent. I would highly recommend going back and watching them. Some solid finishes and some great fights. 30-27 Ricci. All right, now that we all understand what it is that happened at UFC 295, let's run the numbers and see if we can't dive just a bit deeper. The 7th Madison Square Garden UFC card saw 13 fights with 7 KO TKOs, 1 sub, and 5 decisions for a total cage time of 1 hour 45 minutes, 12 seconds. In case you're wondering, that is not even close to the record, the pre-Zufa UFC events were like five minutes long. Only four underdogs pulled off wins, nine favorites on the night were victorious. Poton by second round KO was plus 650. Damn good odds for a pretty likely outcome. Pereira becomes the ninth double champ in UFC history and the fastest ever to do it at seven fights, surpassing Randy Couture who did it in nine. Tom Aspinall has needed on average only 18.7 significant strikes to win every single one of his UFC bouts, and six of his eight opponents only landed six single-digit significant strikes. Sergey landed just one, earning him our once-and-future King Award. You like that King Arthur reference? Yeah, you do, don't you? Jessica Andrade's four knockdowns on Dern is the third most all-time in a single fight and the most in women's history. All 13 of BSD's career victories have come via a finish, and he now has three bonuses in six UFC fights. Diego Lopez has put together two UFC wins back-to-back in 98 seconds or less, earning him our Domino's Delivery Award. But the numbers are just the numbers. We need to talk about what really happened. First things first, we need to address the main event stoppage. Was it early? Would the outcome be any different? I'm of the mind that sometimes for the safety of everyone involved, fights might need to end just a bit before someone reaches the upside down if the referee in the heat of the moment sees serious danger. The replay looked like serious danger to me. Yuri himself said he was out. Even if it was a bit early, I don't think the next few seconds would have been too great for the samurai. So let's just chalk this one up as it is what it is, Max Holloway, yeah? Because it is indeed what it is, and what it is, is Alex Pereira winning two titles in two weight classes in two different combat sports in the two most prestigious organizations in said sports. It's honestly one of the most incredible achievements in the entire history of people fighting each other, even if Alex never wins another fight for the rest of his career. He can absolutely hang his hat on what he has done and say he's one of the most accomplished fighters ever. Is it the same thing as holding a belt for a decade? No. It's its own awesome achievement, though, and deserves recognition regardless of circumstance. And I say that because because as the title indicated, this division is in complete shambles. Light Heavyweight truly never recovered from Jones vacating. Let's briefly recap what happened in the last three years since Bones walked away. Blahovich beat the guy a lot of people thought beat Jones for the vacant strap, then he beat up middleweight champ Izzy, only for his reign to end to 43-year-old Glover Teixeira, a fighter that Jones decimated. Then Glover dropped it in an epic to Yuri, who then had to vacate because of his shoulder. Jan came back and fought Ankalaev to a draw, keeping the division champless, so Jamal Hill fought 
Knuckle over to Sharon next to earn the belt, only to rupture his Achilles playing pickup basketball with Daniel Cormier, vacating the title for the third time in three years, and now Pereira, a kickboxer who was just the middleweight champion and only had six UFC fights before last night, is the light heavyweight champion of the world. It is a hot-ass mess at the top. Can anybody hold on to this title for more than a few weeks? Or lose it, I don't know, in a fight? I'll be honest, I felt with Alex's deficiencies in grappling, which are no fault of his own, he's just newer to that aspect of fighting, he would be easily defeated if he won the title. And while he's proven that he can find ways to win, and a hill matchup is really just about ideal for him, what about when Ankalaev comes back around? If he does, or just anyone who can hold Poetan down, tire him out and take a decision. But perhaps I'm being pessimistic. As I said, he finds ways to win. And without a doubt, he has the most star power of anybody that has touched that belt as of late. Not to mention there are absolutely winnable fights for him in that division. If he puts together a decent run, he could maybe finally get 205 back on track and get it out of the shadow of JBJ. His callout of Izzy was bizarre, and in no way is that fight happening. But Hill will be fun, and I guess we'll see from there. As much as it seems like I'm trying to take away from what Pereira has done, I'm really not. I'm just trying to be realistic about the division. The man keeps winning as a specialist, and that is not easy. Yuri is no joke, and so what Alex has done in just seven UFC fights is quite frankly insane and deserves a ton of respect. Speaking of respect, I think after last night, Tom Aspinall has it from just about everyone and then some. I mean, there has been a lot of hype around him, but he's proven now without a shadow of a doubt that he is the realest threat in that division. Everyone was so high on Sergey, and he beat him about as soundly and as quickly as somebody could. And all of his performances have been like this. He has burned through everyone he's fought so far. This is one of those rare instances where an interim title feels like a legitimate one. Not just because Aspinall proved he's top tier, but because we know we have a whole eight months before we might even remotely see the actual champ John Jones near a cage again, and that is after the guy won the title initially eight months prior to now. A belt he earned after Francis Ngannou left without being defeated. Not as much of a mess as 205, but we're close, right? All of this puts Tom in a unique situation here. Do you have him defend interim gold as if it's the real deal? It's been done in the past. Henan Barrow and Andre Arlovsky both had interim title defenses. But at the same time, if you're Aspinall, do you really want your legacy tied up in interim title defenses? Not exactly prestigious, is it? Especially when you consider that the average heavyweight champion has that belt for a cup of coffee. I think personally, getting on with the division makes the most sense, and maybe what they could do is retroactively upgrade any defenses Tom might have to Undisputed if Jones ends up vacating, which he almost certainly will if he beats Stipe, and of course if Miocic wins, you could have a unification bout and the interim wins are just that. I don't know, it's a mess. Jones has created a mess of two whole divisions. All the logistical nightmares aside though, Aspinall and Pereira had incredible nights and could be such exciting champions and so good for their divisions. I'm excited to see where things go for both of them. Maybe they can lead 205 and heavyweight to better, more stable days. Alright, so now that we've looked at the big picture, it's time for some odds and ends to wrap this thing up. Mackenzie Dern went from her best striking performance, landing 247 against Angela Hill and scoring a knockdown, to her worst last night. But whether it was a regression of her skills, as some are saying, or just a really bad night at the office, who knows? Either way, she's still quite not been able to live up to that expectation that fans had of her when she first arrived on the scene, but she's only 30, there's a lot more time left. BSD is a stud. Dude should headline a fight night in France for sure. Loved his call out of Gaethje, even though it is not happening, but it shows where his head's at, and I'm jacked for him in the top 15. Overall, a fun night at 295 with some very interesting developments at 205 and heavyweight, a card that fell apart saved on short notice yet again. One more pay-per-view this year, let's hope it holds together, because it's looking like a banger. Let's finish out 2023 strong, shall we, fight fans? Strong just like
like my dude Max Randall who powered through this edit in record time to bring you this video so fast. He's my hero, he deserves a follow on his socials, and for your own sake, go subscribe to his awesome new YouTube channel. A massive shout out to our channel champions as well. You guys are the best. If you want to be the best too, the join button is calling your name. Tons of cool stuff if you do. Like and subscribe though either way, and please do let me know what you thought of 295 in the comments. Talk to me about where you see 205 and Heavyweight going from here. I want to hear it all, and I do read it all. Thank you so much for watching, guys. I'll see you again at 296.